What's up, Playboys? We're back. Got a week two preview for college football. We're going to talk a little baseball. This is the CMB Sports Show. I am your host, Braylon Brakefield. With me, uh, the number one Braves fan in the world, uh, division leader. Is that what you would call it? Um, we're tied right now, uh, but we are the division leader because we come alphabetically before the Mets. Uh, so we are the division leader. You know, so I don't division make the yeah, so Cole what's up? What's up, fellas? Uh, number one right now. A lot of people counted us out. We were dead, buried, and gone. And uh, we're back. And it feels good. We we thumped the A's today, too. So, you know, it just uh, it's a good feeling to be high. I think seven in a row. Um, the Mets, we, we keep trolling the Mets with their trumpet song. Because it's not Edwin Diaz's anymore. It's the Mets have totally ruined it and turn it into their own thing and we just keep trolling them for it and people get mad about it and that's what it's all about um you know so yeah chop on yeah frank the tank today with an all-time meltdown if you're a braves fan you need to go watch it because it's hysterical the way his he says that jacob Degrom and edwin diaz are going to sign with the braves and then they're going to trade Pete Alonzo, and they're going to end up with somebody, some awful closer, and he's like, we're going to blow every game. He he was on one today, like one of the best Frank appearances I've seen. It was incredible. Like, if you're a Braves fan, you need to go check it out because, I mean, it'll just put a smile on your face. It, I mean, it's like, it's almost as good as the, the Braves never lose. I mean, it's almost as good yeah. as that. Uh, I love it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you are the best team in baseball since the All Star break. Uh, I think if you know, if you if the season would have started after the All Star game, I think you'd actually be on pace to win like 117 games. So, I mean, you took down what a 10 game lead. Yeah, yeah. They remember um, we had five games at their place, and one of the days was a doubleheader, and we got four one, and. Uh, we were down. We were it was at ten games. Like I mean, that was a month ago, two months ago, and we climbed yeah. all the way back. I mean, we we've just been so hot. We, it's like every time we bring up a new guy, he's like a generational talent of some kind. Like this Vaughn uh, Grissom guy comes up, and I mean, it's almost like you know, Ozzy is like rehabbing. It's like I don't even want to take this dude out of the lineup. Like just kind of have Ozzy as like a bench bat or something right now for now. You know. Um, cause he's just so high. I think I saw, we were like 21 and five since we called up Von Grisham, uh, or get Grissom, whatever. Um, which is incredible. I mean, not that like he just carried us, but he just adds, you know, a different kind of aspect in the lineup. Um, Michael Harris would win rookie of the year, any other year besides this year. And then Spencer Strider is going to win rookie of the year, uh, pretty easily, uh, dude is, I mean, probably our best pitcher right now, him and Max Freed, and just throws cheese. He's the, the thigh or the quad god or some something like that. I don't know what Pitching Ninja calls him, something like that. But he's uh, definitely the future, I would say. Uh, he's just nasty. Yeah, the Braves have done a great job of drafting 
or maybe it's their farm system that's just incredible. Uh, but whatever they're doing, like you, this is something that you used to see the Dodgers do, to where they would everybody they called up was elite. Yep. And now the Braves are doing that, and they call they call guys up, and you know you can tell almost immediately, like, all right, this guy can hang in the big leagues. And if that's a yes, then they're signing them. Oh, if yeah. not, they're sending them back down and pulling somebody else back up. Yep. So there is no, like, they're not playing with these guys. If you can play, you're getting caught up and you're getting paid. That's the way it should be. Yeah. I mean, it's great, too. Like like we said before, it's just, you know, changing these young guys' lives. I think Michael Harris, or, yeah, Michael Harris is 21, 22. He's the youngest player in baseball right now. Um and he just got guaranteed money for, you know, like seven years, $75 million. I mean, it's just, it's just, uh, it's cool to see. Yeah, for sure. You're basically, I mean, like you're building trust with them too. Like yeah. by putting that much money into them right. early on. Then I feel like that sets you up later on down the road to re-sign these guys long-term, even after that, if you want to. Yeah, definitely. Because then, you know... Hopefully by that time, you know, I, I mean, I definitely think that we'll be, you know, making the playoffs and such, but hopefully we, we get a couple years where everything clicks again and we win a World Series. And then by that time, it's like, you know what, we've had a great run with all these dudes. Like, let's just bring them back, you know. Um, I, I, I mean, Anthopolis just seems like the next, like, best GM. I mean, he's probably one of the best right now, but, like, if he can, I, I hope he stays with the Braves for a really long time because he just seems like one of the best, just overall, just culture. I mean, the way he just does things from a business perspective is just everything is great. So he'd be a guy to lock up forever. Yeah, I agree. We had uh, Aaron Judge hit number fifty-five today. Like the dude is, you know, before the season when the Deals were getting thrown around, and he was saying no to a bunch of deals. Everybody was like, you know, come on, man. This is life-changing money. And he keeps saying no. He bets on himself. Right. He is worth a blank contract at this point. Definitely. Like, he's he's going to hit more than 60 home runs. If he doesn't pass 61, like, he would have to go on a terrible slump from here on out. Right. And that's really, you know, I feel like that's the number most people talk about. I don't feel like. Too many people really acknowledge, you know, Maguire or Bonds. It's like 61 is the number to beat. And now, like today, he passed A-Rod, uh, most right-handed homers for a Yankee. Like, he is, he has ran away even from Shohei Otani, who is a once-in-a-lifetime player who pitches and hits. His war is better than Otani's offensive war and his pitching war combined. Dude, like that, what he is doing is for the Yankees right now is it's unbelievable. Like people forget too that this guy's an elite outfielder. Elite. Like he throws guys out once a week. He can play any any of any of the outfield positions. Yeah. He's played center majority of the year for the Yankees. Yeah. I mean that's crazy. Dude is And he's six, gonna hit sixty five home runs. Six seven. It's ridiculous. He and the Yankees are um, you know, in a weird spot right now, a lot of guys are still getting hurt. But Bader's supposed to be coming back soon. He's got a rehab start next week, I think. And Severino's the same way. So if you're looking at, you know, before the playoffs, you get Carpenter back, you get Sevy back. 
Uh, I don't know what the timeline on Britain is, but you get Vader. Um, mm-hmm. You know, give DJ and Stanton some more, and Rizzo some more time to get healthy because really all three of those guys have kind of fallen off since yeah. they first got hurt. It's just like they haven't had enough time to get healthy again. Right. And now the two young guys, the two young Oswalds are coming in. They're both good. They're both spark plugs. Like Oswald Cabrera is unbelievable. Dude's a beast. Beast. He is. You can stick him anywhere, and he's the best player, the best defensive player on the field. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Hundred percent. Like he's locked down right field. Even if he's hitting, you know, two hundred, just the way he plays defense and his utility makes him worth. You have to keep him up at this point. Yeah. Yeah, they better not send him down. I don't think they will. I don't think so either. Oh, yeah, Especially with September coming up, or I guess it is September, but I guess the call ups is uh, what I was what I meant. But uh, yeah, I think that yeah, happened I mean, last week. Was that last week they expanded the play, the roster? Yeah, that's how Peraza got called up. Okay, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I, I mean it's just it's getting to be that that awesome time of the year for baseball too, like. I mean, everybody's going to be trying. Everybody plays hard this year, especially with the uh, extra wild card spot. I mean, the 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 races is extra. I mean, really in both leagues too. Like it's 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 uh, very close. I mean, there's a lot of teams in striking distance. So I don't know. I mean, if you ever get bored of football on those, what, let's see, Tuesday Tuesdays and Wednesdays, if you get bored, I mean, there's definitely going to be something on. Uh, for sure, when we don't have when we don't have that football. Which NFL starts this week too? I don't even think we prepped yep. to talk NFL. No. Um, but NFL starts this week, and I mean, like this I, is we're about to be dude, right in the heart of it. I don't know what it is, man. Like I guess I don't know if it's playing fantasy or if it's moving up here because like foot, you know, NFL up here is way bigger than college football. And yeah. there's just like a, I don't know, man. I, I'm just so excited for the NFL this year. I don't know what it is. I mean, I, I guess it's because I really don't have a solid team, so I can just kind of enjoy all of it. Uh, just be a fan. Um, and I, I don't know, man. I feel like a little kid again. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because we talk about it twice a week. I don't know. It's. It just like makes me like emotional. Like I'm just so excited, just to just to witness like co- you know college football and NFL at the same time. You know I don't know. It just feels different this year. Maybe I'm just just getting older and more mature, and I can accept accept all the or just enjoy everything about competition more. I don't know, but I'm glad it's here. It's been a long time. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll give you a stat just because we won't really touch the NFL very much today. But Jared Goff is five and zero against the spread in Week One, so I think note. they're plus four against the Eagles, which you know the Eagles are pretty hopped up from last year coming into this year. But the lines are pesky. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, I feel like the lines are. I feel like they're looking to like shift it around. I mean, this they've definitely been thinking about this game for a while, so I wouldn't put it past them. I mean, and like a lot, a lot of people are high on the Eagles. Like people are saying that 
um, Jalen is going to come out hot and be like an MVP candidate after like the first five weeks, which is just blasphemy to me. I mean, there ain't no way, dude. There ain't no way. I don't care who he's got. He's got two great receivers right now, but dude, there's no way. He's like 80 to 1 to win it. So if you actually believed in him, you could make a lot of money. My pick for MVP right now is Lamar Jackson. He's 15 to 1. Yeah. And that's way too high for a guy that's already won the MVP, who played all last year with no help. And now this year they're supposed to be, you know, locked and loaded in a, a division that's going to be down yeah. with, you know, Pittsburgh, you know, Trubisky starting. I think the Bengals may regress just a tad. And then uh, the Browns not knowing, you know, they won't have a quarterback for half the year. Yeah. So it's going to really be between the Ravens and the Bengals who's going to win it. And, you know, I like my chances of a guy that's already won the award. I agree. I agree with that. But we got some interesting news today from Doug Gottlieb. Uh, statement, this is from Doug Gottlieb. On June 29th, I commented on alleged circumstances surrounding Freddie Freeman's negotiations with the Atlanta Braves and his relationship with his former agent, Casey Close. While I always strive to report accurate information, I prematurely reported on these events and simply got it wrong. Upon further vetting of my sources, a review of the lawsuit filed against me in this matter, and a direct conversation with Casey himself, I've learned that the conduct I allege did not occur and that there is no credible basis of stating that I did. Ultimate investigation into this matter confirms that Casey Close did, in fact, communicate all offers to Freddie Freeman and the sources I relied on were incorrect. In no uncertain terms, I appreciate the damage that misinformation like this can cause and have been in touch with Casey Close to apologize directly. I've also deleted my original tweet. So basically... When Freddie came back to Atlanta, Doug Gottlieb gaslit Freddie into thinking that the Braves had offered him a better offer than what the Dodgers had originally offered him and that Casey Close didn't share it with him, which now comes out as it wasn't true, which I think is where we stood on the whole thing is right. that you know there's just no way none of that made sense of why the no. You know, why Casey Close wouldn't have shown him a better offer. Like, that would have got Casey paid more money. Right. So, you know, now that it comes out, like, Gottlieb's just a piece of crap for this. Yeah, that's a dirt, Casey Close got fired. That's a dirtbag move. Yeah, he got fired from, I mean, he has plenty of guys that he represents, but, I mean, one of the biggest, one of his biggest clients just drop. I mean, just drops him. So, um, I don't know, man. It... It's pretty fishy, you know, thinking about him getting fired. There has to be, you know, something ha must have gone on behind the scenes. But for him to just come out and say, like, that it was fake or, you know, like that he prematurely dropped it or whatever, uh, dirtbag move. I mean, for sure. probably dirt, dirtbag of the year, honestly. I mean, he, he's a nominee, that's for sure. Um, this would be, that he'd it? be a two-time dirtbag of the of the year I winner. Mean, just awful, man. Like, how does that dude have a job? How does that dude have a job? I don't I get have it. No idea. This the this the same guy that stole credit cards from students in college and was putting thousand dollar tabs on just random people's credit cards. 
dirt so, I mean, bag. he is a certified dirt bag. And you know Somehow he works for Fox. You know what's crazy, man? Like, as I get older, right? And, like, you go through this, too. Like, I mean, anybody, anybody that has a career goes through this. Like, how, like, I feel, I mean, not that, like, my, you know, job security is fine. But, like, you know, you always feel, like, that pressure to perform and to, like, do good. Do, like, do what you're told. Do, you know, do what you're supposed to do. Take care of your job. But, like, how do these people get away with being so bad at their jobs or being, like, terrible humans that I have to worry about stuff like that? Like, there's no way – I like, that – making making a move like that as a sports guy, professional, making a dirtbag move like that is unfathomable. Like, how, do, how does that person still have a job at a credible sports broadcast or uh, sports, you know, whatever – you know, Fox. It's Fox. I mean, yeah. geez, man. That's ridiculous. He has his own show. Like, it's the Doug Gottlieb show. It isn't like he's a producer or somebody behind the sh- scenes like this right. is the guy. The show's literally just his name. But, yeah, I mean, and you saw when it all happened, you know, it tore Freddie apart, which is why I think he fired um his agent just because it was such a sensitive subject he obviously wanted to stay in atlanta but it was also obviously he wanted to go to los angeles too you know i feel like that was tough and then you add more pressure you know real life crap on top of it right yeah because i mean but we had slandered too yeah i hate that i do hate that for freddie i mean freddie is the you know the victim here um yeah freddie didn't deserve this in all of it But we had, you know, we asked today on the post what y'all wanted to hear. We had Rocky dropped in with three questions, so we'll start with UFC 279. Hamzat versus Nate Diaz. Just to, a lot just of people, to clarify, you know, been, is, that, is that this weekend? Yes. Saturday night at what time? This Saturday. This Saturday, I think. I don't know a time. Okay. Got to be careful, man. You just never know. That never yeah, know. Cole is... I'm Cole is notorious for just being a little bit too late, which they got me last weekend. Luckily, it was a free fight, and uh, I'd already really had plans to watch rewatch it later. But I was just gonna watch the main event and then turn, you know, go back and watch the rest of them later. But the the fight this past weekend was an absolute war. If you have ESPN Plus, you need to go back and watch it. It's just two big dudes throwing absolute hands. And, uh, That's what you want to see, too. But it it was awesome. This week you've got Hamzat versus Nate Diaz. I've seen you know they've been waiting on Nate Diaz to fight this last fight on his contract, and he said recently he I saw a video of him talking in an interview where he basically said that he wanted you know like Michael Chandler and Dustin Poirier and the UFC wouldn't give him these guys. And now the UFC, he said that the UFC is trying to paint it like he wanted Hamzat, but he when he doesn't, and I don't blame him. Hamzat is a certified killer, which yeah. you know the other guys are too. But Hamzat is the next guy. I think Hamzat was handpicked to be the guy that kills Nate Diaz for Dana White, and basically I think it's a situation <laughs> where you put him in there. You know Hamzat's probably looking at it and. Dana probably told him, you go in there and you kill Nate Diaz and you get a title shot, which is what I figure will happen. And the worst case scenario for the UFC is Nate Diaz goes in there, 
as the cold-blooded killer he is, and he slaps Hamzad around for a little bit, and then Hamzad's yep. dead. Like, there is no... I don't think there's coming back from that. No, yeah. Th- but, no. No, there's no coming back. I mean, the line is Hamzad minus 1,100. Nate Diaz is plus 700. Ugh. Nate Diaz is an OG of this. He does, Dude, he can eat punches, man. He eats them. Yeah, he's going to have to kill him. That's like what he looks forward to. Like, when he's training, he's like, yeah, I mean, you know, we get to fight or whatever, but, like, I get to get punched, too. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, he's he's one of those guys. He just, he really is like a real-life gangster. And he, uh, yeah, he in he that interview, where he said he didn't want to fight it, but he's, he also said, but, you know, I'll fight anybody. Like, he didn't care. He just wanted to get this last fight out of the way so he can come off of, get done with his UFC contract, and then there's no telling what he does. But yeah. I think this is Hamzat by murder. I think Nate Diaz be. is as tough as they get. Is it five But round? it's a five-round fight. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah, dude, death. Like, Hamzat can throw with the best of them. And he's also, <laughs> he could choke you out at any point in time. But I think it, I think they're going to try to put on a show, just because yeah. Nate Diaz. That's just what he does. And I think Hamzat would just let it happen, standing there and swing with him. Yep. Hey, I'm here for it. But I yeah. mean, that's the you just want to see blood on the mat, man. That's what I like to see. I like to see blood on the mat. There's a reason they're making you pay it for this one. Oh yeah. Like you just got Cyril Gone versus Tui Tavasa, who are two of the best fighters in the world. They just gave you that one for free. And now you have to pay to watch Hamzat and ADS. Uh, other than that, you've got Tony Ferguson versus Lee Ying Lang. Um, Ferguson's a dude that he's fallen down the rankings, but he's went through murderer's row. Like he's lost his last four fights, but he lost to Michael Chandler on the deadly front kick that was mm-hmm. vicious. Benel Darius. Before that, he fought Charles Oliveira and Justin Gaethje. That's all within like a two or three year span. So that's the champ, you know, Gaethje who just lost to the champ and Chandler who just lost to Gaethje. But before that, he beat uh, Donald Cowboy Cerrone. He beat RDA, who are both legends. Uh, Had two championship fights canceled against Habib. So, you know, he's on the downhill slope, but it's not really his fault. He's just been in there with absolute dudes yeah and then you have uh kevin holland on the fight on the card too he fights daniel rodriguez he is he's just become must-see tv like he's he's electric he's one of those guys he's going to get a knockout i'm pretty sure he's the one he got a knockout from his back not too long ago yeah just kicking up at the guy i remember that but other than that i mean it's a card worth buying oh yeah yeah i think i'm gonna go somewhere and watch it for sure. I'd make sure they have it. I would if yeah, I was you no, would call I found, up there and make sure they got it for you. I, I, I found a bar. It's it's a little bit it's like the next town over. They play every they have let's see, I think it's six there's sixteen games usually or fourteen games of NFL, right? They have fourteen or sixteen, I can't remember which one. I think they have sixteen TVs and they play every game at once. But then they also do UFC. And they That's have awesome. every every T V. So we went in there one night, and it was it was a pay per view, but it, it wasn't like a super attractive one or something. It was one that I really didn't pay any attention to. But they had it on. They had like a DJ in there, 
it's I mean it's it's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool spot. So if I mean if anything, I'll probably go there. If that's if Alabama wins this weekend. If not, then you can just catch me in my closet and I'll just I'll probably miss the show Sunday or, or no camera on <laughs> like sunglasses. You know, just go in. What do soggy sorrows? If Alabama loses, you have to do soggy sorrows where you just. You get dressed like you're coming on the show, then you have to get in the shower, fully clothed, I'll and then do it. come and do the show just soaking wet. I'll do it. I mean, I'll do something crazy, man. If if Alabama loses this weekend, like I'll get in like a full suit and tie. Like I don't even know. I don't. I don't. I'll shave my head. I don't. <laughs> um, <laughs> there you go. Something crazy. You have to do the reverse. Uh, you have to go buy a wig. Dude, I don't like a know. Donald Trump wig. What about like a clown rainbow afro? <laughs> that would be I sick be, too. I feel like that'd be easy to find. <laughs> but another question he asked, I'll let you start with this one. Georgia 2021 versus Georgia 2022. What do so, you think the difference is? Ever since I saw that, the only thing that, that sticks out in my mind is Georgia 2021 lost to Alabama 43-13. Okay, or 14 this Georgia team has not lost. In fact, their uh, point differential is ridiculous against top 15 talent. Um, but, you know, obviously they've only played one game. But I, I think that um, I just had to sneak in that Alabama beat last year's team. Um, I, I think that last year's team wins. Their defense was, like, generational. I mean, it's, like, top five all-time defense uh they're picking sets have been apart i mean um dan lanning's still there i don't even know who the coordinator is for georgia this year but i just you know they they didn't lose anybody i mean in last year they have george pickens like he's bullying whoever you want on the georgia defense this year in the secondary um so i'm gonna have to go last year's team um i i think this year's team will I, it's hard to say because their schedule is really not that tough, but I think we'll find some weaknesses at some point. Um, it might take a little bit, you know, it might take until the Florida game or like Tennessee to to kind of see them. But I just don't see Stetson Bennett being this like loose gunslinger all year. Like he's going to get popped and he's just going to go back to, he's just going to grow his afro back out and melt. I'm telling you. Um, but, you know, they're unbeatable looking for the three-peat as well. Yeah, my uh, my biggest takeaway is so far, you know, one weekend, the biggest difference is Stetson Bennett is a lot better than he was last year. He looks a lot more comfortable like he looks. He, you know, instead of last year, I think, you know, when he got in that situation where he was running around in the pocket, I think last year that guy tries to get outside and throw the ball away. This dude hit the spin move three or four times. You know, he was like an eight-year-old playing a video game. Yeah. Like, this is NCAA 14. He was hitting the spin. He was hitting the juke. He was rolling back out of there and trying to find somebody. And sometimes, you know, like, who who has more confidence coming in this year than Stetson Bennett? He's a national champion. Yeah. Like, he's – and now, look, this – I know it's crazy to think about because – Georgia 2021 was arguably the best defense of all time in college 
football. I think they give up six points a game. That's unheard of. It's. I don't think you can rule out that this defense can't be as good as that one. Like if you watch the way they – there's a difference in the way some teams play defense. Like the prime Alabama years, they just swarm the ball differently. Yeah. It's like when the ball when the ball goes in a direction, every one of those guys swarm to them. Yeah, it's like perfect and, pursuit every time. Yeah, there's and that team has this too, the same way last year's team has it. And you know, we haven't really heard the names yet, like Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean and those guys, but they might already. They might be there. Like yeah. I saw the defensive tackle. I saw a highlight where he was going one on one against one of Oregon's offensive linemen, who's all conference, who's six seven two seventy, and in one step he knocked the guy completely off of his feet. So like, yeah. who? How can you say that, that that guy team. can't be as good as Jordan Davis? I just, I just like, have I think to see it first. You know what I mean? Before I, before I come out and right. say it, um, you know, because it's just hard to say. I mean. You know, yeah, Oregon has Dan Lanning or whatever, and they're, you know, not even fundamentally that great. But, I mean, defensively they were fine for the most part. You know, obviously they got the score ran up, but they just don't have the dudes yet. Um, But, I mean, offensively, like, you know, they're still going to have guys, and, I mean, they just got abused. So, I mean, I I get what you're saying. You know, I'm I'm definitely with you. Like, they're still going to be good defensively. I just have to see it against, you know, Florida, Tennessee, uh, Auburn later in the year, so, but I mean they definitely have the potential. Uh, but that's what makes them tough too. Like offensively, I mean they have so many dudes that they can go to uh, to throw the ball. I mean how how are you not confident throwing to those dudes? I mean you got two dudes that are six four, one or ones that's two dudes that are six four, one dude six seven. Um, I mean. I, I think I would feel confident uh, going out there and running an offense with those guys on my side. Yeah, for so, sure. I mean, yeah, so I think it's. I I, I know, just still like, think I still think if they play this week, I I just give it I give it to last year's team. I mean, they were just so good. Um, yeah, and I think that's fair. Just because, like, I mean, you even had like George Pickens was hurt all year and would still just come out and catch a forty-yard bomb or you know, abuse your corner, like just shove him into the ground. Like he's still doing that in the NFL. Um, Yeah. You know, which is crazy to think about, but also what throws me off about George Pickens, when he takes his helmet off and you just see him like as a normal dude in the locker room, he just looks extremely average. He just looks like a normal guy, I guess. But like he, I don't know what it is, man. He looks, dude is scary in a football uniform. Yeah, he plays like he DK Metcalf should. Dude, like, right? He That's, plays like he's six yes. eight, two sixty. He's built. I mean, he's built like Devontae Smith or Jerry Judy, but shoves people around like AJ Brown. Like, yeah, ridiculous. I don't get it. Yeah, I think, I think Georgia twenty 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 two has the potential to be just as good as Georgia twenty twenty one, plus adding a better version of Stetson Bennett. Yeah. But, you know, I think these defenses, you get your name as a good defense, you know, by playing all every game. Right. Like, you don't look at one specific game. Your defense plays great for, you know, four games a year. That's impressive. Your defense gives up six points a game for an entire season. That's 
when it's like, okay, this this team's legendary. Mm-hmm. On his third question was way too early playoff predictions. So who do you think your four teams, judging off of week one, week zero and week one, who do you think are the final four? Who would you put in the playoff right now? So I'm going to go backwards just like they do on the TV show. Um, my four spot would be Oklahoma. Um, it's just it's so early to tell for this fourth spot. I mean, Clemson struggled. Um, I don't think Notre Dame is all the way there. You know, they're close. I think Notre Dame's close, but, like, they're a five or six probably. They probably end up five or six if they can hold on and win these tough games coming up. But, you know, I just don't know if they're there yet. I just don't know if Clemson's all the way, if DJ Uga Ungulale plays. Um, I, you know, NC State is not there. Um, I don't think there's going to be another Big Ten team. There's not going to be three SEC teams because I have two SEC teams now. Uh, so I, I got to go with Oklahoma. Um, you know, if Baylor kind of runs the table, I could see them. Or Utah, if they run the table, I, I see them getting in if um, they kind of win out, you know, in, in impressive fashion. But I got to go Oklahoma for the four spot. Go, through, go ahead and go through your all four. Okay, uh, so three, I have Georgia. I think it's going to be a lot like last year. Um, make it to the SEC championship. You know, they have a little bit tougher schedule this year. The East is a, is a little up. You have a little, a couple more really good athletes that have that have played a lot. But I still think, uh, I mean, Alabama is bringing everybody back pretty for the most part. Um, they got better at wide receiver. Um, the only question mark right now are the offensive, offensive and defensive lines, but the defensive line's been there. It's just if they can perform. Um, but I, I think I think Alabama gets the gets the win in the SEC championship game again. Um, but uh, so so three is Georgia. I have Ohio State at two, and really Georgia and Ohio State are interchangeable um, for obvious reasons. And then Alabama at one. I I just think. You have all those dudes coming back. It's you put Nick Saban in a revenge game like this in the SEC championship. I I mean, it's gonna it would take a crazy performance. I mean, we saw it last year, like George this is one of the best teams of all time, uh, especially one of the defenses, and Alabama goes and puts forty three on them uh in the SEC championship. I mean, like they didn't even know what to do. Um, and they just match up. They match up better. They don't match up well with with those big dudes uh, for Georgia, like the tight ends and stuff. But they match up better. Like we have fast, athletic linebackers, and we have big uh, big safeties that can that can kind of thud with anybody. So uh, that's kind of I, th- I think it'd play out a lot a lot like last year. Yeah, the Notre Dame thing. Uh, I think their defense looked great. I don't think their offense is good enough to win. Like, you know, they already have one loss now. They still have to face. They still have to go to two BYU, and they have to beat Clemson. Yep. So they, their schedule is a lot tougher than normal. And uh, I just don't think their offense is good enough to win games. I could see them finishing around that 10 spot. 
But for me, I'll go the opposite way. I'll start with number one. I think one is Georgia. I think they are, like, they're the champions, and they came back and they just showed, you know, we're still here. We haven't regressed at all. Yeah. Uh, two, two and three really pretty interchangeable. It probably won't finish this way, but I have Alabama at number two just because I think they are the second best team so far, and I, I don't think there's a big gap between them and Georgia. Uh, number three, I'm going to go with Michigan. I think Ohio State showed they're very beatable. Uh, they're off, you know, their defense looked pretty good, but also Notre Dame's offense looked awful. So, you know, if Ohio State's offense don't click, they're screwed. Yeah. Like you're, you're not going to go through like that the way they did. And my four spots BYU. You know, we've talked about them a lot, a lot. Like their schedule is very favorable to where they could lose a game and still make it just because their schedule is loaded. Yeah. And I think I think that'll be your group of five represented this year. Also, I have Utah still. Utah sitting at five is where I think they'll finish. You know, I think it'll be a coin flip between BYU and Utah because Utah still has a good chance of winning out. Yeah. You know, they go to Oregon. They host USC. Those are their two toughest games. We already seen Oregon is very beatable. We haven't really seen much of USC yet, but you get USC at home, and you get to, you know, the end of the year, and you're a conference champion, and your only loss is to a top ten Florida in Florida week one by three. That's still a playoff. Like that's still a playoff resume. Yeah, definitely. And so it, I, that's I a, think if that's a Florida team that is not on like any kind of downtrend at any point in the year, like. They're gonna. I promise you, mark my words. They're gonna give Georgia a really good game. Like that is not gonna be. Yes. That is not gonna be some blowout. Like that is gonna be a great game to watch. Uh, like honestly, like a very low key upset alert. Like I, I could definitely see it happening cause just because they play that brand of football now. Billy Napier is like that dog. So, if anything, that looks great for Utah. Yeah. I agree, and like I could see, you know, I don't have Clemson. I think their offensive line is not any good, which is the only the reason I think that they still haven't put Cade uh, Klubnik in yet is just because, you know, why would you throw your young quarterback out there when you don't have the wide receiver core and you don't have the offensive line to help him succeed? You know, you throw him out there now and it could just – ruin him so you basically just got to ride the wave with dj right uh, i think i think miami honestly i think them and miami kind of pick each other off and because i think Miami's really good too and then oklahoma i just don't have a lot of faith in oklahoma yet and i kind of think the the big 12 is going to be the same way where like texas oklahoma oklahoma state baylor like those teams just kind of trade losses and i think florida is going to be up there too in the top 10 yeah Well, we can we can give our locks of the week, or do you want to run through some games real quick? Yeah, let's let's run through, let's run through some games. We'll do the locks at the end. Um, uh, just just for Friday night, um, ESPN two, Louisville and UF, uh, UCF. I think Louisville. Do you have the odds on that one? Um, no, I can pull it up. Oh, here it is, right here. Uh, UCF is a five point favorite. Uh, at home so you know that would be a decent one to look at um you know louisville coming i like ucf a lot there yeah i just don't stinks do that are they that bad 
people have said like they're kind of they're kind of okay. I mean, they went. They just got destroyed by Syracuse. I know it was only like thirty-one to fourteen. Syracuse dominated them. Okay. Yeah, like it never looked like Louisville had a chance. Yeah, I like UCF then in the bounce house. Um, and then you have New Mexico. And, That's a tough place to play. And Boise State, yeah, for sure. Um, New Mexico, Bo- uh, Boise State at nine o'clock. Uh, it looks like Boise State is a seventeen-point favorite there. That, I don't know if I'd stay up for that one with the great day coming up. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't take either one of those sides. So the twelve o'clock slot is absolutely loaded. If you're any kind of fan, um, the big game being Alabama Texas at twelve or eleven o'clock central. Uh, Alabama is currently a twenty point favorite, which I think is a little inflated. You know, I, I think sixteen seventeen is going to be like the sweet spot for there. Uh, if you want any kind of uh, you know advice from from me uh if you're looking to take that game i think the over looks really good in that one uh i know it's 65 which is high but if you don't think this is going to be a shootout then you don't know the coaches that are coaching um 12 o'clock too it's going to be super hot out in austin but i mean this is a must watch for any football fan i know texas is unranked but they're definitely on the come up and uh you know Alabama facing Sarkeesian, I'll never feel good about that matchup just because we've seen what he can yeah. do. Um, 20, 20 feels like a lot until you think about it like, could you see this game being 42 to 14? Or 49 to 24? Maybe like 49 24. That's doable. But. I just don't know, man. I, it's it's just tough to say. At 12 o'clock, it's going to be scalding hot outside. Like, I'm telling you, man, like, if you don't think weather plays a factor, like, just look at Utah. Like, they were just were not used to that heat, which it's hot here. It's, or it's hot in Alabama, too. But, I mean, I just feel like it's different, especially on that turf. Um, I don't know. I just got. I have a. I have a weird feeling. Um, it's on Fox too, which is garbage. Uh, maybe we'll get that. Uh, what is that legend? Uh, we'll probably get Joel Clad and that other guy, which is fine. I like both of those. Yeah. Guys. Um, but I just hate that it's at, at noon. This this feels like a prime time or two thirty or a seven o'clock game. But you know it is what it is. Texas. Um, so Texas O line is just gonna be so young. Like, could you imagine yeah. your second collegiate start? You have to block Will Anderson. Like, yeah, that's, I mean, nobody's gonna be ready for that. A two, you know, a month ago the dude was blocking high school kids. Now he's got to block yeah. Will Anderson, who's gonna be the number one pick in the draft. It just, uh, it just makes you nervous. Dudes like like Bijan Robinson can can get you. All it takes is a couple turnovers and um, some football, some college football plays. Texas is in it, but uh, another good one at this time, uh, Arkansas, South Carolina, it, it's um, at Arkansas, it's at that noon slot on ESPN, that'll be a really good one, um, Ohio State also plays at uh, 12 o'clock Eastern against Arkansas State, um, Duke Northwestern is one to look at if you're a betting man, Um it could go one of two ways. It's probably going to be more low scoring, but Duke, uh, I I cannot remember who they played last week, but they 
I want to say they kind of ran it up on them. I know they're they're over unders like three, but um, their team total. Let's see if I can pull it up real quick. Oh, they beat Temple thirty to nothing. So, you know, do with that. Do that. Do with that what you want. Um, Temple's horrible. They are horrible. Don't let me talk to you into something <laughs> stupid. Um, but that is on ESPN two. Miami Southern Miss is one to watch. Georgia State, North Carolina. North Carolina goes on the road again. That's on ESPN Unit twelve. Stupid. Um, yeah, that's going to be one to watch. Uh, Wake Forest Vandy. I mean, this is another one. It's at Vandy midday. Like, watch out. Vandy's undefeated. They're leading the SEC. I would not. If you tell me Wake Forest is playing the number one team in the SEC, I'm telling you to pick the number one team in the SEC. That's all I'm going to say. Um, Wake Forest quarterback comes back too. This will be. He uh, returned to practice this week. I think he's going to get to start this weekend. Well, he'll get a little taste of the SEC, huh? <laughs> That's what you want to say. Uh, Notre Dame plays Marshall at two thirty at NBC. Um, we are. This is this is another Marshall, uh, another game that is going to be good to watch. App State at Texas A and M. Texas A and M did not look strong. They didn't. They didn't allow a score um, last week, but they struggled. Thank God. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I something feels something feels cool about this game. I think it's going to be another one. App State is just an absolutely electric team. Um, you know the under is looking real funny at me. I, I feel like that's what. Um, I I mean it's not a feeling. I did go with the under here. Uh, yeah, I'll probably be on that as well. So that's something to look at. Clemson plays on the ACC network. If you get that against Furman at three thir- at two thirty. Uh, Pittsburgh, Tennessee is another one that I'm probably going to watch after the Alabama game. Um, it's at Pitt. I don't know. Oh, it looks like they're playing at the Steelers Stadium again uh, on ABC at 2.30. I like Tennessee here. I don't I don't think Pitt showed me very much against a very mediocre West Virginia team. I think Tennessee is very much on the come up here. Um, I don't think they're going to get away with another one. Pitt's pick won't. Um, moving on. Georgia plays at four o'clock on the SEC Network against Samford. Um, Iowa, Iowa State. If you just like, you know, defense, um, running the ball in between the tackles, this one's for you. Four o'clock on the no. Big if you like, Network. if you like good, you know, action-filled football, watch something else. Yeah. This is not the game for you. That's not the one. I, we didn't even we didn't even mention it last week. Iowa's defense outscored their offense without scoring a touchdown last week. They're, they had two safeties and a field goal. That's how they got to seven. Hey, that's what it's all about. <clears throat> it's terrible. That's just awful. Uh, Houston going to Texas Tech, uh, three p.m. FS1. Uh, that'll be a, that'll be a good one to look out for. It says Jones yeah. AT and T Stadium. Is that one at Jerry World? Is that what that sounds saying? like? It. I didn't know it was called Jones AT and T. Well, hey, I mean, he probably 
changed it and named it after itself. I wouldn't be shocked if it didn't change the Cowboys to the Dallas Joneses. <laughs> um, Alabama State is going to UCLA. If you know any of those guys, that'll be on the Pac-12 network. Uh, Who scheduled that game? Pretty Alabama State going sure all the way across the world. Hey, they get to go play in the Rose Bowl. I mean, that's awesome. There'll be nobody yeah, there, but I was about to say they'll still be cool we're to play in front of twelve hundred people, and it'll be one hundred and ten. <laughs> Maybe a hundred. They probably get more at the Crampton Bowl. Um, <laughs> UAB at Liberty, six o'clock Eastern Time on ESPN Plus. That'll be one to tune into for sure. Old Dominion, East Carolina. Both teams coming off of well, Old Dominion came up with an upset, stole everybody's phones out of their bags. I mean, just a just an alpha move. Um, going to East Carolina. I mean that that one might be just thuggery to watch. It might be fun. Um, the uh, the East Carolina kicker might be on savage mode this weekend, oh. as I saw a picture surface the internet of not only did he miss the extra point that would have tied the game, then he missed the field goal that could have won the game. But there was also people tagging him in a picture of his girlfriend kissing another male oh. during the game on the quad. So he might be on his Rodrigo Blankenship yeah. stuff hey. and just go savage mode from here on out. Shout out to you, brother. I don't know your name. Um, but, you know, your you're CMB Sports Show is a fan of you, man. Go be a city boy. Live it up. Like, go off. Go off this weekend. I want you to lead the team in points this week. Uh, do you, King. I mean, yeah. Do you, King. Uh, let's see. There's really not Kentucky... Going to Florida at 7 uh, Eastern Time on ESPN. That'll be a good one to watch. That's the game of the week. Yeah. That one, this is this is when Florida really proves themselves that they are a, a real team. Like, they are ready to go and compete um, on a national level. Kentucky's not going to be a slouch. They're not, you know, we kind of picked them as a disappointing team. Uh, but they're still a solid SEC team. I mean, they're ranked 20th. Um, so this will be a good test at home. And it's all about, you know, spots. Like we talked about last week with Florida and Utah. You know, that was a spot to pick Florida. This is yeah. a spot to pick Kentucky. So if Florida comes in, you know, this is the perfect letdown spot for them. They come back yeah. and they do exactly what they did last week again, then I think that solidifies them. You know, they're the real deal. Yeah, I think Florida's at – it was at four and a half. I think it's at minus five. So do with that what you want. Uh, it's definitely a good letdown spot. I think those are pretty weird points. I would maybe look, unless you're just really feeling Kentucky, um, but I would maybe look elsewhere uh, at something like you know like an over under kind of deal. Um, but definitely one, definitely one that to tune into for sure. Um, Seven thirty on ESPNU. Uh, you got that the little brothers playing San Jose State, um, which you know I'm gonna be honest. I want to watch this game. I want to see what that the the backup. I don't. I mean, I'm assuming he's a starter now, right? Please tell me he's starting. I don't know. Just being that, if if I was in control, I would say yes. But I listened to the Plainsman Pod this morning, uh, and they are, they aren't really set in stone that he's the starter just yet. Well, I, so that, I mean, it, that kind of let me down a little bit. It'll take some time. He'll he'll play. 
And I, you know, I want y'all to do good. I want y'all to cover here, um, just for just for everybody's well being. Uh, and it, it's it's a night game at Jordan Hare. I mean, what's not to like? Um, another game to watch is USC Stanford. Um, you know, we'll, we could go ahead and go into it. This is going to be. Are you, are you cool with going into the pick of the week? Because I mean, there's yeah. really not much after this. Uh, besides ba- yeah. Baylor, we'll go ahead and say it. Baylor and BYU, Mississippi State at Arizona, but uh, Baylor at BYU nine versus twenty one. I think BYU's favored. That's going to be the late game on ESPN. That's definitely one to stay up for. So go ahead and yes. get you a Starbucks at BYU. About, about seven o'clock, six thirty, right before. Go over to the Blend or something. Get you something right. Um, it's going to be a late one. The uh, shout out to the Blend. Uh, you know, you and Connor put me on to the salted caramel cold foam cold brew yes, from Starbeast. Yes, sir. Kaylee basically went in there. I said, look, this is what I want. I don't know if the plan can do it. That She went in there. The dude's like, look, we don't have that, but I can make something very close to it. And he did. He freaking nailed it. Is, it was incredible. That, is, that, that kind of, you just don't find that kind of flexibility at any coffee shop. Usually they have no. a set menu and they're like, no, you're, you get this. But I mean that's just what makes the blend the blend. Like that you go in there, you feel like a family member, and they're gonna set you up right. Facts. Um but yeah. So pick my my pick of the week, this this is a good transition. Um USC's going to Stanford uh on ABC at seven thirty Eastern. USC is a nine point favorite. I know it's kind of a weird line. Um but I think USC's got some firepower. I mean, they're they're looking to make statements. Like they're they're not gonna they're not gonna dilly dally around. Like it's it's gonna be it's gonna be go from when they run out of the locker room. Yeah, I completely agree. I think sometimes it takes a little bit with in like college sports just because there are so many games to really handicap lines perfectly. So, you know, maybe the people are still a little behind on USC and just how good they really are. I agree. I I think this is more of like a I think this is definitely deflated. Like 14, if it was at 13 and a half, I'd probably stay away. But with it being at 9, I just I don't know, man. I just see a lot of value there. Especially Stanford. I mean, they just just straight up aren't good. I think I took them over wins and it was like four and a half. So, yeah. You know, obviously I had this one as a loss. Um so what's uh we had some some dispute on the upset of the week last year, uh, last week. So we've come up with some new rules. Um, I got away with abusing the system. Uh, I do not apologize. I did what I did intentionally. Uh, but so, Braylon, go ahead and drop us the new rules for the upset of the week. Yeah. So last week, Cole took Florida over Utah, which looked like an an upset to. You know, a casual fan. Number seven ranked team gets beat by unranked. The spread was only two and a half. Utah's favor. So we said, what, six and a half? Yeah, six and a half. Is the is spread the has to be at least six and a half. That's a true upset. If you're favored by, yep. you know, a touchdown and you lose, that's an upset. I, I did agree. I did agree to those terms pre-show. Um, and, you know, I, I got away with one and I'll take it. I'll take it and... Like I said, I'm not going to apologize to anyone. Um, 
the double champ does what he wants. Yeah, it came up again because I text this morning being funny. Tennessee was my upset of the week. Tennessee's ranked 23rd, Pitt's ranked 17th, and Tennessee's a touchdown favorite over Pittsburgh. But because they're ranked below them, I could take them as an upset. And that just that's not an upset. But I'm just glad we Which made before some, that I'm glad we made some rules. Like now it's there's no We gray, needed rules. There's no I didn't area. know we needed rules. But obviously we did need rules once you dropped Florida on me. Man, if it's I mean if it's a competition, you know what I mean, I'm gonna find my way in. Um Yeah. My uh my wait, you said your lock of the week was USC, right? Correct. Okay, mine's, I'm going with my boys. I'm going Auburn minus 23 versus San Jose State. I think Mercer is more talented than what San Jose State, San Jose State's going to be. I think Auburn's just going to be able to, you know, just kind of do whatever they want on offense if Ashford's in there. Hopefully he is. And, you know, I think 23 just ain't enough. It should be probably 30. Yeah. I, I, I think I'm with you here. Um you know, I don't know what, you know, there was a lot of, you know, just the whole off season was crazy for Auburn. You know, I'm, obviously I'm not in the building uh, to kind of know what, what, what the the vibe was like. But just from outside looking in, you know, noisy off season, lot, you know, battle for quarterback. Two quarterback systems never really been great. So, you know, had a lot to figure out last week. I think this week is going to be more of uh, we're going to kind of enforce our will on you and like you're just going to have to take it. And it's a night game at Jordan Hare. It's going to be rocking. Um, and yeah, I think that I think that would be a safe pick. Um, so for my upset of the week, uh, we kind of talked about it, hinted at it earlier. Uh, I'm going Georgia State plus seven and a half within the rules over North Carolina. Um. I think North Carolina is going on the road again, playing in Turner Field um, in Atlanta. Georgia State's always got a solid ball club. I mean, the way I thought about it, we, we talked about it pre-show. You know, you think about the way it's going to go, and what makes more sense, North Carolina coming in and, and beating Georgia State by a touchdown? Usually I would say Yes. But I feel like it makes more sense if they were to lose this game, we would go, well, duh, they lost. They're on the road back-to-back weeks, and they've struggled two weeks in a row. I mean, just out the gate. They haven't showed any positivity really at all. I mean, just I mean, just winning. They give up 40 points in the fourth quarter. Like, you cannot be happy about that win. I don't know why Mac Brown was dancing after, their, after that win. Um, but, I mean, I, I just think it was kind of – for me, it was just like screaming at me like, hey – I mean, this, you know, if you don't take this one, you're gonna you're gonna regret it. Yeah, like when we after the game Saturday, when you look down and it's, you know, North Carolina's giving up 45 points, you're gonna be like, well, yeah, you know, Gene Chizik is the defensive coordinator; right. he should have been fired forever ago. Yeah, and Georgia State's, uh, you know, I think their offense looked worse last week just because South Carolina's defense is really good. So. I expect them to, you know, be able to run the ball however they want and be able to pass the ball a lot better because they were like 7 for 23 or something passing against South Carolina. That's It's not going to be that bad against North Carolina. Yeah. They couldn't stop Appalachian State for nothing. Nothing. Last Saturday. Nothing. And um, uh, Georgia State, hell, I mean, I know 35 points is still 
kind of a lot. But, I mean, they held South Carolina to 45 points at home. Uh, this is Spencer Rattler we're talking about. This isn't no slouch. I know, you know, the overall yeah. consensus is that he is a slouch, and he's not. He's he's a he's a good quarterback. Um, he you know was he a little upsetting? Yeah, but he's still good. Uh, so, you know, I just I just really like this matchup for for Georgia State. Honestly, I mean, at home too. Like, and it's and it's another twelve o'clock game. I mean, that is so great. Who schedules these? Who Mac Brown Dude, whoever, is off his rocker? Whoever did it hates North Carolina. Definitely. You sent them to App State, then you sent them to Georgia State. No thanks. Where are they going next? Troy? No shot. Right. <laughs> I mean, come on. Going to BYU next? Right. It's ridiculous. Um, but my my upset. Are you done with yeah, yours? Yeah. No, I was going to tell you to go ahead. Okay. Yeah, my upset piggybacks off of that because I'm taking South Carolina over Arkansas. I think you know Arkansas moved the ball decently against Cincinnati, but if Cincinnati had a competent quarterback, they beat Arkansas last week. And South Carolina's offense and defense is going to be better than what Cincy had. They've got a better quarterback. You know he's going to be able to hit, make those throws. If Arkansas don't figure out their defensive backs, you know we could see why Spencer Rattler had the hop around him. Yeah. Because he could very well expose them. Right. And like you said, he's not as bad as everybody made him out to be. Like he got pulled for Caleb Williams, who from that point forward was a top three quarterback in college football. Yeah. It's not like he got pulled for you know some random dude. Like the dude <laughs> behind him was a five-star recruit too. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, and it's just, it, it seems he has like some some attitude issues or something, according to Lincoln Riley. Uh, you know, that's neither. Yeah, he's a punk. You know, I mean, it is what it For is. Sure. He grew up. He grew up kind of a celebrity, so he he took it the negative way. But you know, maybe maybe he's humbled himself, and I don't know. I mean, I don't hate that pick. I know Arkansas is is one of my teams to to do well. I I think that. Um, not, I mean, not to really go against you. I just think that they they kind of can command the ball, like they're kind of like Iowa, like they're going to let you mess up, uh, and they're going to limit limit their turnovers and stuff like that. Now, if they start turning it over, that's when they lose. So, uh, that's definitely something to watch for um, in that game is is who can who can win the turnover battle. Um, so that's definitely a good one to watch. I, I do. I'm I'm glad you picked that one because that one should be a must watch for for most people. Um, yeah. If if you want to have you know if you have two TVs on or whatever, uh, if you want to watch Bamlet as well. Did you see uh, Jackson State? Did you see any of their highlights? I, I watched some of their game. I was in the airport, um, waiting on my flight Sunday, watching their game, and buddy, they look good. Dude, to me, like Deion Sanders is top three coolest people in the world. Yeah. His son, Shadur, might be number two behind him. Yeah. Like, he is just so unintentionally funny. He he started the game 17 for 17 with two touchdowns. That's ridiculous. He, and this is the team Florida State, like, struggled with week one, FAMU. Yeah. And now Jackson State is up 59 to 6 or whatever it was. He's sitting on the sidelines with eight minutes left in the game with no pads on. A gigantic diamond chain. Ridiculous. A gigantic diamond watch. I'm like, who is this? And he's referring to himself in third person. Yeah. Talking to the reporter there. He's just a funny guy. He's awesome. Have you seen the impersonation of his dad? 
You know, like in the no, it's like, I'll definitely have to watch. It's that. like in the training room. I have to send it to you, man. It's so funny. It's so funny. Um, yeah, I love both of them. But one one thing I like about Deion Sanders, I sent it to you on TikTok. Um, he, oh yeah, it, it, I guess people were were on their phones or in the locker room or maybe on the field. I'm not exactly sure, but you know, he's telling them like, you know, this is your this is your one shot. This is your only shot to get out of wherever you came from. And all this stuff, and tell like tell them pretty much telling them to stay focused. And I mean, there's there's not many dudes who can handle like these young kids like that, where it's actually is going to resonate with them. Because I mean, he's been there, done that, man. He he kind of was a you know he's a self made self made man. Like he came out you know from a bad neighborhood and and came up and and built himself into what he is. You know all, you know all by himself essentially and. Um, I just think it's cool to see, uh, you know, especially him being at HBCU. You know, if, if you don't know, I also went to an HBCU. I played, um, I went to Stillman College. And um, so it, it's just definitely a different perspective, you know. Um, but it, it's just cool seeing a leader kind of kind of at a school like that and, and kind of showing, he, showing these kids perspective uh, just immediately. I mean, just for being on your phone. I mean, it's just just a really cool message that or a, a cool sign of, of what's like kind of to come with him being a coach, you know, something I, I've never really thought about. Yeah. He's awesome. Like we've said several times, he, as soon as he gets a big job, like the whole country's in trouble. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, without question. Um, so I, I just have one more thing. Uh, so, you know, um, me and Braylon got in an argument about you know Alabama not playing or the CNB Sports Show came out with a quote uh, that Texas we we heard from a un unannounced source uh, from somebody who knew somebody from Texas that said that Alabama don't play nobody essentially on the road. Well, uh, you know that's an alleged quote. I don't know if there's any validity to it. Um, anyways, uh, Nick Saban has answered. Uh, and these are the up and coming home and homes we have with teams, uh, starting with South Florida, twenty twenty three, twenty twenty four, twenty twenty six, Arizona. Did you say South Florida? South Florida. That's wait, the wait, number eleven. They're, they're ranked in order. They're ranked in order. They're ranked in order. They're ranked in order. That's number eleven. Number ten you is Arizona. This? They're ranked in order. I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna start with one. I'm a showman. Okay, okay, okay. I see what you're doing now. Arizona's number two in 2032 and 2033. Virginia Tech, home and home, 2034-35. West Virginia, home and home, 26-27. Georgia Tech, I don't know why they're that high, 30-31. Here we're getting the good ones. Okay, Florida State, 25-26. I mean, that's very soon. Wisconsin, home and home, 24-25. Oklahoma, 32-33. They're going to be in the SEC. Texas is going on right now. Um, These are the two that I'm most interested in and I will be going to. Um, Notre Dame, 28-29. And Ohio State, 27-28. So, hey, he's heard the complaints. And he said, "We're, we're here for it. I mean, and he just signed an extension. So, you know, if everything goes goes well... You know he'll he'll still be there, so uh, pretty crazy. I mean, it's uh, he won't be there. You don't think so in twenty twenty eight? 
he won't make it to the Ohio State home and home. He's setting up his the guy after him to suck. No. That way he he will look like the greatest coach of all time. Did I think it'll be like when LeBron left the Cavs? <laughs> like Alabama will have the number one pick after that. I think he'll set us up. I think we'll be fine. If not him, it'll be I just don't, it'll be uh, Greg Byrne will set us up good. Like if you're an Alabama fan and you look at Saban's extension and say, okay, we're getting ten more years of him. Like contracts don't matter. Those are like he can leave at any point in time. They can let go of him at any point in time. If you're counting on, he's what seventy two right now. Is he that old? I don't even know. I don't know how old he is. I was that was just a guess. I think he's in the sixties. Might be like late sixties. Uh, he is. Let me do a quick Google. He was born in fifty one. Yeah, he's seventy one. Yes, he's at seventy. So he's seventy. Birthday's on Halloween. Yeah, that's right. Wait, no, that would still make him. No, yeah, that's right. That's he's right. He's about to be seventy one. Yeah. So, is he going to coach until he's eighty? I don't think so. But I mean, no. I don't know. Dude's the goat. I, I mean, I don't see him setting us up for failure. I, I, you know, I just don't. Somebody will come back, whether it be Bill O'Brien, Dabo. I, I mean, it, it doesn't, you know, Mel Tucker. I don't know anybody. It could be anybody. I think we'll be fine. One thing I'm tired of hearing is Alabama fans saying they don't want Dabo Sweeney. You're an idiot if you don't want Dabo Sweeney. I would I would take him, man. I just don't like the dude, which I don't have to like him. It's not being the head coach of my favorite football team does not mean I have to like you. Um, you know, if you get me wins, you get me wins. I just don't I just don't like him. Prime example, he just he brings his his backup in. You know, they struggle against Georgia Tech in the opening game of the year in the first half. Well, you know, they're only up by 20 and he wants to get it 26 or whatever. Uh so he just he just runs the hurry up no huddle with his with his backup quarterback you know the lat for a two minute drill like come on dude like sometimes that's a dirtbag move you know I just I just don't I don't agree with it it's fine you know you're working on stuff whatever your backup scored his first touchdown exactly I I get it like you but, look at uh like when Trevor Lawrence got COVID and DJ had to come in like how do you think DJ was prepared for that. Like because of these moments, like the other, it isn't like he's playing against the deaf and blind. Like the other team has a chance to stop him. He's got his backups in. I mean, I, like I, I don't see a problem with it. I'm with you. It's just, it's just a bad look. You know, you're already up. The game's out of hand. There's, you know, there's nothing wrong with with running your offense, but running that hurry up for, I mean, for really no reason, except just to, you know. Kind of not embarrass your opponent because I mean I'm fine with embarrassing your opponent. It's just it's not even about the opponent. It's just for the principle that I had the under and you kill it, and I don't like that. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> There's where the truth comes out. It's repetitive, man. It's repetitive. That's it. Yeah, I'm I'm it's done. A good show. I uh, I just wanted to get that out there. Um, the call has been answered uh, for road games. So, um, the first one starts this week. Yep. Good luck.
Thank you. I'm gonna need it. But uh, all right, guys, let's uh, let's attack a weekend, man. Let's have a good good weekend. Uh, everybody, take care of yourself. Nobody nobody stress out too much. Just remember, these are 18 to 22 year olds playing football. Now, NFL, you can get as mad as you want because they're professionals. But uh, just just have some perspective when you're watching these college athletes, man. Just enjoy it all. So. Um, I hope everybody goes 100% on their bets as well. Yep. Love you guys.